Welcome back to another episode of A Spirited Debate. I'm Fad Thor, and for the next hour, I will be your host and moderator. As always, I'm joined by my co-hosts, Big Mac, Hoss, and The Grinch, as we have a drink, or several, and debate another tasty topic for your listening pleasure. If you like what you hear, please smash that follow button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever the hell you get your podcasts. In fact, if you don't like what you hear, do yourself a favor and smash that follow button anyway. Because let's be honest, you may not be into this week's topic, but who knows what tomorrow brings. You might just wake up and realize you suddenly have good taste. And as always, feel free to drop us a line and let us know what topics you'd like us to debate. Now, as our sound guy cues up the music, grab yourself a delicious beverage, sit back, relax, and join us for another Spirited Debate. Because no, I no, can always spin that wasn't my point. Just <laughs> <laughs> So quantum uh, physics. Look here, look here, uh, Brett Michaels. We're, in the, uh, we're just exploring my inner demons here. You wouldn't have been quite as polite when you left the internet. No. I mean, if need be, we can start a GoFundMe yeah. page for you. This is where we lack comparative knowledge, Mac. Damn, dude, three hours later. Others actually want to watch some people play. Steve reference Rick and Morty. <laughs> I will do my editing, don't you worry. That's fantastic. <laughs> Welcome, welcome, welcome. How's everybody doing tonight? Doing great. Good. Really good. Right. How are good you? Uh, I'm doing all right. It's been an interesting week. All right, oh. so let's, let's, let's go ahead and jump into this. Uh, Grinch, based on what we're doing, I'm going to let you take over this episode and let you run with it. I know I normally do it, but today... We're going off the rails. Yes, we are. <laughs> so, oh, hold on, that, that, that's pres- presuming we were ever on the rails on the to rails. begin with. Yeah. <laughs> let, let the train wreck begin. Uh, so take it away, sir. Yeah, I, I told him he was going to have to hold up a belly like, line. Cards. Line. <laughs> Say hello. Hello. Yeah. <laughs> the spotlight is on you. Yes, yes. Uh, hey, thanks, Thor. So today we are joined by Diana DeGarmo and Ace Young. And I'll, I'll speak to their backgrounds a little bit. I'm going to paraphrase and then you guys correct anything that I get wrong. So background, American Idol season two. American Idol, what did we say, season five? Season three. Season, I'm sorry, season it's three, five. season five. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact, proposed on live TV at American Idol. Season 11 finale. No pressure, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, if you can accomplish that successfully, you can do anything. You, you right. have to feel confident in the yes at that point. Yeah. I yeah. kind of I wanted to, in the moment, just go, wait, no, let's start over. <laughs> no, and, that's, and that's what Ryan Seacrest is like, line. line. <laughs> right. Our producers are saying. And then the giant cane comes on the stage yeah. and pulls us both off. Let's go to commercial break. <laughs> but yeah, proposed on season 11. Phil Phillips won that year, and we got to party the entire night with all the production people that we hung out with on an individual basis when we did our time on American Idol. It was a yeah. very cool way to celebrate. The cool full, full circle moment. Tremendous experience there, having done a live show. Uh, I know some of it's recorded, but doing live. So, you know, then you go from there. I know, Ace, you've done songwriting. Mm-hmm. You did It's Not Over, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Road Dodgers' uh, first single, It's Not Over. Grammy nominated. <laughs> yeah. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You wrote that? I only wrote the chorus. This doesn't matter. Still. Yeah, only <laughs> doesn't still matter. Grammy nominated courses that I've written in my lifetime. <laughs> I like how he, I like how he plays that down. I only wrote the chorus. Of course. <laughs> it was fun. It was a it was a fun way to 
to end the time on Idol with one of my friends that I made on my season, which was Chris Daughtry, and, and he was working on his album at the time and needed help on a song he couldn't get through. So I sang the first thing that came to mind and put it in the pile of 50 songs, and the label picked it for the first single, and they asked for everybody's writing credit once it was on the radio. We were the number one song on the radio of that year. It blew me away. The Umbrella. And we still get some nice little, you know, mail money from it. So, yay! Yeah. <laughs> That's good. That's insane. So then you get that, and then uh, pivot to Broadway, mm-hmm. Off Broadway, Toxic Avenger, and which was hilarious. And then, and I was messing this up the other day, but hair and hairspray. Yes, and Grease. And Grease <laughs> on Broadway, uh, but met on hair. Yep. Yes, in 2010. Yes, yeah. met on hair. You see where we are now. <laughs> Things went well. Married. Uh, and also, uh, what am I missing here? So hair, hairspray, I'm getting hand and arm signals. Uh, <laughs> I think you're supposed to do <laughs> second base, maybe. I don't uh, know. I'm not sure. Well, yeah, I, I was going to mention that, but, um, uh, also did Joseph from the Amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat, uh, which was a traveling show. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've done on Broadway, off Broadway traveling, which they can certainly speak to that. It's an absolute grind just from. You know, 328 shows in 15 months. Go. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they didn't miss a one, which is phenomenal. Um, overseas, South Korea doing Jekyll and Hyde. They were in Chicago when the lockdown started, mm-hmm. about to do... We were three days from opening a new show, doing its out-of-town try out uh, in Chicago. Uh, before we... This time, we would... at This would have been in New York, opening a Broadway... Uh, a lot's happened. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's still March, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. March, it's, it's still is is still a Tuesday in March. Yeah. I didn't yeah. miss anything, right? Okay, good. Day three hundred and seventy-three of March. <laughs> yes. Um. So yeah. So coming full circle. Oh, I I did. I forgot to come back to it. And also, uh, should be absolutely mentioned. They've done USO tours, not one, but two. I've done six. You've done six. They've done five, so I'm way off on my number. Not one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They've they've deployed more than I have. (laughs) 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 But they have landed on aircraft carriers. They've been to Djibouti. I mean, pretty much anywhere you can think of. Places that aren't even on maps. So super cool exposure, all that. Great Americans, ton of experience. And that's why we think, you know, obviously you can provide fantastic perspective on how COVID is affecting the live performing arts, both in terms of touring, New York, Broadway, etc. Yes. But before we do that, we're going to talk about the most important part of this episode, which is the alcohol. Woo-hoo! Because at least for us, it makes the four of us tolerable to each other, present yes. company <laughs> excluded. But to get through the time, we obviously have to have the alcohol. So the guest, you get to go first. I, I'm pretty sure, Grinch, you're all drinking the same thing, right? We are. We are. Okay. I made it, so I'll speak to it. It is a pomatini, okay. which is a pomegranate-flavored cocktail. Uh, you get that the, the pama, you get vodka, and an orange liqueur. Um, and shake or stir depending on the preference put that all together and you end up with a pretty tasty drink so nice. this goes in the wind column of wood drinking. nice glasses and you get that yeah. I, I didn't I only have two. Oh jesus <laughs> oh i think so, you yeah, need to upgrade I'm, your uh, glassware so, there so question Grinch, which which vodka are you using uh it is yes absolute yep okay. absolutely and did you shake or stir i uh, sure i prefer to shake it he shook, he shook all night long. We've heard, we've all heard that about long. you in front of me. Yeah. Yeah. It's like when you go walk in the dog. That's right. That's, That's right. It. All right. 
let's jump around the circle. Big Mac, what you're drinking? Hey, so I just went with a uh, standard margarita, but I changed it up a little bit. Instead of using uh, tequila, I went with Mezcal uh, that a good friend of mine had given me a bottle of for my birthday, and I'd been wanting to try it. It's it's pretty pretty tasty. Uh, it's got a nice, I want to say an earthy feel, but that makes it sound like it probably <laughs> tastes dirty, um, which it really doesn't. <laughs> but it is definitely a different taste. <laughs> I'm sorry, what was that, Grinch? In mouthfeel, just because. That's it. <laughs> um, so, yeah, really, really good. Uh, I, I would definitely do it again. Very nice. All right. Smoky, earthy flavor, like Smoky, we talked about. Smoky, earthy. It's like a, it's a wildfire, and then it rains, and you're drinking the dirt. And I had um, – actually, actually, my neighbor has a lime tree. For years now, I've never had a lime off of it. He handed me, like, five of them yesterday. Uh, so fresh homegrown limes. Yeah, and, nice. and, and then Juan Valdez came through to help with the coffee. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Haas, I know it's, it's late over there. Thank you for being here. This couldn't have been easy. What are you drinking? Couldn't be happier. It's Friday night, you know. Oh, I mean, I had, we I know what you're a, doing. I, yeah, I had to put away the, the accoutrement for tonight, but whatever. So I went to the app, and now since I have like 48 ingredients, I did a random selection. Okay. Uh, which I thought was pretty cool. And it's a planter's punch. And uh, it is, what is it? Rum, orange juice, pineapple juice, grenadine, simple syrup, bitters, and lemon juice. It's, it's all right. Yeah, I've had sorry. it. I drink it's it overly, out of fishbowl. Yeah, it's overly sweet, I think, but for my taste. But uh, So, so yeah. at some point, we've got, to, uh, we've got to name this app and see if we can get some, uh, some royalties from it. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. you seem to be using the heck out of Plugging it. Plugging it in. Cocktail Plugging flow. In. Cocktail flow. There okay. you go. There you go. Yeah. If anybody's listening. It sounds like a different app. I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> it is Friday night. So. That gets blocked in the U.S. Do you, need, do you need to use a VPN? Hold on. Is that a cock cocktail flow then? <laughs> oh, shit. All right. I guess I'm, I'm going to come in last here. So the trajectory for my drink, the collision course, has been weeks coming. And you can stop me if you've heard this one, but I decided to spend $4.99 on this app and it was supposed to give me a drink that aligned with my particular taste. And so I put my, my stuff in the app and, and what it returned was this little gem, which is a Boulevardier. You're such an asshole. <laughs> such a big, sucking, cock-sucking asshole. So yeah, for I, weeks, I, we've had to listen to you just bash on this drink. So I thought, what the hell? I'll give it a shot. Uh, Mac, when I lost the, the football bet, Ole Miss beat Vanderbilt, you said the loser should have to drink this. I lost. So I thought, what the hell? I'll give it a shot. So for you, it's actually not that bad. You're full of crap. No. It's not that I bad. I think you have COVID and you, your taste buds are gone. <laughs> Does not believe you. <laughs> so, so would I drink it on a regular basis? No. Is it that bad? Not the way you made it sound. Like Bullshit. You were yeah, it out. is. Yeah, it is. It's horrible. It's no Raleigh. No, he keeps drinking it. I, think it's all I would rather Raleigh. not drink alcohol the rest of my life than have to drink that the rest of my life. But I did use, that is a bold statement, sir. And it's factually I, correct. I, I did yours, use your approach to drinking and I made extra. So <laughs> that, that, now that I can respect and appreciate because you know, this sits next to me the entire, yeah. Cause you know, I gotta be able to pour it. Well, all right. Well, for everybody here to our guests, thank you for coming. I say cheers to everyone. Cheers. 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 I'm glad you're enjoying yeah. it. I'm glad somebody enjoys Campari. It's, it's not that bad, but let's, we're not going to get it. We can talk about that another time. Let's just go ahead and jump into the meat and the potatoes. So yeah, yeah. the performing arts, live performing arts, 
Uh, our guests are veterans of this industry. My first question, obviously, out of the gate, it is a hell of a year in 2020. You know, we had a little lead in with where you guys were at the time this started, but I'd really like to know how has 2020 impacted y'all's lives with what you do in the industry that you work in? Before we ever talk about really like your home life and personally, I'd like to know from an industry standpoint, how has it affected you? Oh, greatly. We are all um, highly affected and we went to a standstill and Broadway in particular, like New York, which New York kind of sets the precedence for the rest of us most of the time. When, so when people are like, Broadway is shut down, it's a big deal. And uh, that affects actually hundreds of thousands, if not close to a million people in the ripple effect from you know, everyone from the set designers to the crew members to union. all the unions. Like there's so many people are involved and you know, we all went on pause thinking, oh, we'll be back, it's fine, it's no big deal because the only other time Broadway has quote unquote shut down was on 9-11 and they did for only a day. And then they kind of got back up and, um, or it might've been a couple days, excuse me. But um, so Broadway always goes, like we perform blackouts, you know, holidays, like we're always going. And to be told you can't go to work and then to be told you legally can't go back to work because we are phase five. So to go from phase four to phase five, uh, it's a really big jump. So. There's what do you so mean much. when you say phase four to phase five? So phase, most of like the COVID kind of breakdowns for precautions have been like, you know, phase one was essential workers were only allowed okay. to work. Um, phase two, and it's different per state. That's the other thing. Yeah. <laughs> phase two had another, you know, different things like salons in some places were able to open or whatnot. And then and it was groups of like 15 and under, and then it slowly is getting like higher and higher. But phase five is literally like, you have, you to have, have to have a vaccine. Vaccine, period. Any, um, any groups 50 and higher, vaccine. And, you know, we there's so many different facets that have been affected, going all the way from Broadway at the top down to the, you know, community performing arts live concert level, um, that it's just, there's so many things that no one's really, they're trying to keep up with, but nobody knows what to do. So uh, we all have tried to suffer through the summer in our own weird ways and kind of, even within our union, um, you know, we are with Actors Equity Union, which has, you know, roughly 50,000 members, but we're also SAG-AFTRA, which is Screen Actors Guild and the American Federation of Television and Radio Artists. And, you know, some people, like the voiceover world, booming. If you have a home studio, you are Killing. making bank. You're like, you are able right. to survive. And there, we have some voiceover friends that are like, I've never worked more in my life. It's great. They've been able to really kind of take in the work that people aren't able to do together and then you have the rest of us you know we have some things some people have done some like random zoom musicals and readings but there's so much gray area within our unions that nobody knows what the jurisdiction is and now the unions are fighting so nine months into it you know we're trying to pivot uh broadway producers have really been afraid of taking our industry online in fear that people won't come back to live the theater, theater. Yeah. And that's understood, but it's been a bit of an archaic viewpoint, especially, you know, it's 2020, like, let's get with the times. And uh, the Broadway League, which runs New York, basically, uh, they have, I think, finally realized that we have to adapt or we're going to die. <laughs> Literally, I mean, 
that's just how we have to, to go. And, that, and that's sad oh, because Mrs. Haas and I have attended over 50 live shows and we, we love the intimacy of live performances. So I can't imagine an instance where if you put this stuff online, like I know there's a Broadway HD app that we use and watch from our couch, which is amazingly great, but it's not the same as getting all dolled up and going to an actual nice fancy dinner and a nice show. Yeah, and then no, maybe I, I, drinks afterwards. So I can't imagine this is where where that would be an issue. But but I, yeah, I mean you pivot or die. I yeah, guess. and having human to human interaction is really hard over mm -hmm. the internet. You know, you don't realize how much that kinetic energy is brought when you are all in the same space, breathing the same COVID potentially thick <laughs> air, right. and you know singing. Mm -hmm. What that's like the number one uh, fear, you know, they don't want a bunch of actors up there with screen shields because then it, you know, it's just the, the domino effect of issues is quite deep. <laughs> and every entertainer's got some other ability. Like you could either do something, everybody can do something from construction to some other nine to five style job. So all yeah. our friends in New York have left because why pay New York rent when you're not making any money there? Right. And you can go back to wherever you want to be for the year and figure out how to make your income. The hardest thing with that is that since March, we've had a constant two-week check-in, like, oh, everything's going to be better in two weeks. Every time we talk, two weeks. We're two weeks out. It's been since March. So it, it got really exhausting because the whole world just, our world just went black. It just shut off. And, and with that constant two-week check-in, it's been, it's been something that, made everybody finally just say, listen, I'm not going to live in New York. I'm just going to go wherever. And Broadway finally came together and said, we're going to start talking about reopening. Doing, doing reopening shows. We're going to start talking about it, not reopening, in the middle of next year. And now the rumor is it will be fall of 2021 and even early, as late as 2022, before we will all be able to congregate as we did pre-COVID. And... You know, we can all point fingers as to the who, the what, and the why, but it is just, it is what it is. And uh, I'm really curious, you know, yes, we have had a lot of friends leave New York and the other uh, areas because they just can't afford to stay. And then there are people that are trying to stay and hunker down, you know, New York is still alive. Do and you guys know people who have actually just said, screw it, I'm, I'm done with this. I'm just going to pivot and switch careers and, and, and oh, have yeah. no, no desire to come back to, in the performing arts? All, all ranges, yeah. We, we've had really? friends that have like moved mm -hmm. out to the mountains and they've you know, become honeybee farmers. Uh, we had some that are now, Real estate agents? Yeah, real estate agents. Or they've gone back to, which, which I, the one part I am excited about in a weird way is how many of my incredible performers that have gone back to their hometowns, say Kansas City, Dallas, Oklahoma City, like all across the country, and they are wanting to now open up performing arts programs in their town. So it, I'm really curious to see, because, you know, the, our industry is pretty coastally heavy. Like, you either have to be in New York or L.A. to, quote, unquote, work, even though, yes, we live in Nashville, we make it work. But uh, people are now, I think the industry might be spread out a little bit more. So maybe there, that might be a positive swing from all of this chaos. But who knows? Well, the, the biggest problem I see is that the structure we've done since our creative of our species to watch things as a community has been sitting next to each other in a stadium style seat. And that's how it's been from everything from soccer to football, to baseball, to basketball, to music, 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 to, yeah, concerts, to yeah. concerts, to everything you say. So it doesn't matter what the show is. How are we all just going to be in the room? That's my biggest question, because even if we have a vaccine, 
this is something that's been, it's been mutating. It's been changing. People right. that have had it have been getting it again. So it's like, it, it might not affect you, but you might then go get your parents sick and they're gone. Right. So it's like, it's, it's a very serious thing. So I see that the actual layout of uh, anything entertainment has to just change. I don't know if it's going to become like a Star Wars intergalactical meeting where we have <laughs> the art come up in the middle and we're all in our little uh, VIP section. You know, who knows? But the layout has to change, and yeah. I don't, I don't know how it's going to change. And the mom and pop venues that created, you know, communities of places to go see either your community theater or a concert—they're really, really struggling. Um, they believe that within the next six months, ninety percent of venues across the country will close. Um, because they just can't survive. They can't bring in enough people. We were already, most places were already at a brink anyways, or barely kind of living paycheck to paycheck. And with all of this, and things keep, you know, flip-flopping back and forth, and you can open, no, you can't wait, or you have something, we don't. And, you know- We're talking about major touring houses. Like, these are the places where Lion King would go to a three-month stint. Hamilton would go to three months. They, they might not even be there for you to visit that city. If you wanted right. to. They, they so might close. What about, and I know some concerts, uh, artists have started doing this, they're doing virtual concerts. Is there even an option for, from a theatrical standpoint, for theater to do something virtually? I know when this started in, I think it was like late April and May, like the Globe Theater in England was showing virtually a lot of their plays. Now, they were showing plays that had been previously recorded, so there was an audience. But could you, at some point, from a gainfully employment standpoint, for actors and actresses in that realm, could you do a virtual? So yes, you don't have the interaction because there's no audience, but is that potentially something they've talked about? Yes, it, it, we are trying. So, and it's funny you bring that up and it's funny, Haas, that you mentioned Broadway HD, the app, because, so there's Broadway HD, there's Broadway On Demand. Not the drinking app. Yeah, not the, <laughs> but you know, hey, you can get it for $4.99. <laughs> and they go well together. Yes. <laughs> Everybody in Broadway needs a drink right yes. now. That is for get sure. Get drunk and watch cross, some cross musical promotion. theater. <laughs> <laughs> but there are, the, these were things that were created actually several years ago and were kind of snubbed by a lot of the upper uh, elite of the Broadway producer community. Like, oh, okay, what are you trying to do? steal our, our people and even now, unions. yeah, even within unions. Yeah. And now because that is literally like, you know, or like you were saying, like that is going to be our only option. We are finally starting to pivot, but how many months later did right. I finally get a job? It was October. Uh, you know, my year at the beginning of this year, we were booked for the next two years strict. We had, we had either a contract that came right after another, or you had like a week off or a month off, but it, was a pretty good solid two years worth of work lined up and it all evaporated very quickly once people tried to shift but it didn't work so i just did i've been calling my first zoom zoom musical because we had to rehearse like on zoom like we are here which i wish you all could have seen the hilarity of that um we all were sent packages of lighting packages and all these things to then record ourselves on our phone Live costumes, tape. everything. Yeah, costume, wow. uh, everything from the lights down to the tape for the floor and, you know, power strips and and uh, and apps, more apps. And, you know, we are in the wrong industry. I should have made a dance. So everything, <laughs> everything is going digital. But, Diana, I want you to tell them about the, the fight between SAG and AFTRA. Yes. So since the digital thing's happening, the, the, the unions that go with the live have kind of had a leniency for a minute and now everything's blowing up yes because so over the summer 
uh, SAG-AFTRA gave Actors' Equity uh, leniency on the jurisdiction of online performances. So over the, the past few years, as Netflix and Amazon and Hulu and things like this, things that, again, five, ten years ago, people thought were silly, have now really taken over the entertainment world. They, um, they have, I just lost my turn of thought, oh my God. <laughs> uh, SAG gave the rights. Yes, yeah, so SAG decided to give Actors' Equity a bit of leniency about the summer, saying, let's just get through the summer, don't worry about, you know, your readings or all your stuff, because anytime we do anything with Actors' Equity or with SAG, there are tons of paperwork and contracts, and it all has to be, you know, under the union, la, 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 la. Well, we thought, okay, we'll just get through the summer and everyone will go back to work in the fall. It'll be fine. Well, that's obviously not happening. And so SAG is like, hey, um, Actors' Equity, we would like our jurisdiction back. Well, Actors' Equity, who represents all the actors and also stage managers, which we could not function without stage managers. At all. At all. The puppies are going crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I was about to say, I can hear. clearly want to be involved. They're, they're passionate about this topic. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, actors are winning. <laughs> yeah. Sag. Yeah, that's where their food comes from. <laughs> so SAG has asked for the jurisdiction back, uh, but there's a bit, a bit of gray area, area because it was mostly only for the Netflix, Amazon, Hulu type internet shows. And Actors' Equity is saying, well, no, we're trying to do live things. And SAG, and SAG is like, no, you're actually filming to tape. It's just everyone hates everyone. And on top of all of the crap that is 2020, it's the last thing anyone wants to deal with. But there's a golden nugget, and that is, have you guys seen Hamilton, the live performance that they just filmed? On, on, on Disney Plus, Plus, you mean? Yeah. Oh, that was yeah. yeah. So yeah. the one thing, whether you like the show or not, <laughs> the way they shot this was on stage, nobody in the crowd, so they weren't gonna block anybody's view. They got the cameras right up in the actors' faces. They walked 360s around those people while they were doing stuff like we did on American Idol, and they legit, they captured it. They so made it beautiful. I feel Agreed. that if you have the right financing, that could be a very good way to capture your show and then get it on a touring level if touring ever so, and, I think, and I think that's a great point, right? I mean, I, there, there's definitely a market there for that digital play, but you're never going to replace the experience of, of going to a theater and sitting there with other people and watching the actors perform live. I mean, there's, there's just something to that that you're never going to – that doesn't translate through digital media, but it's a, it's a great option. I agree. Uh, and, and if I can, you know, inject a couple of things we've talked about in the past, which was – we, we have this theme that we've discussed, which is humans have a pain threshold that has to be exceeded to force them out of their comfort zone or to, what they're just used to. Yes. Right. Because we, because you couple that with, like we talked about with sport, like everything with sport was like, let's just hang on because it's going to be fine next year. And, and we were like, but what if it isn't? Yeah. Right. You've done nothing to position yourself in case it isn't. Like if it does morph or something else comes. Mm -hmm. And so they position themselves like at the precipice of they, they have to change because there are no, they, they, they're painted in the corner. There's yep. no other, there are no other options left. It is this or doomsday. It's the only option. And right. you, it's like, it took doomsday to get you to freaking think of a different way to do this because you were so set in how we've always done it, quote unquote. Exactly. It, That's what, what's happening with the Broadway and live performance community. But I think there are some lights at the end of the tunnel, but 
TV and film are coming back. TV and film are doing, uh, they're doing really small productions where they have you all masked up. You come to set, you take your mask off, you go to your part, you put it back on, you go to your, your trailer. So they are starting, but not on a big scale. Like no. these, these big shows are the only ones that can afford to do it because all the yeah. small shows have been thrown out. That's the caveat. Now we're really going to see the haves and the haves not have nots of the financed our, and the not <laughs> of our right. industry. You know, we really had to miss a lot of good art. And that's what we've, you know, how we kind of actually came into be in theater. Yes, we came from the concert and like TV world. And we love that. We still do that. But we ended up coming into the musical theater world because there's so many different facets. We can do regional theater. We can do Broadway. We can do national readings. Tours. We can do national tours. And we've just loved that and have been very consistent with that work and enjoyed it. And now the gap is going to widen. And I'm not sure who's going to survive. There are, again, back to the venues, so many theaters. If there's no venue to play, you can't take a show. <laughs> so right. uh, nobody knows what, what's going to happen, but people are trying. So hopefully the things like a Broadway HD and Broadway On Demand uh, will catch on. Maybe there will be some inventive ways, but the creative people need to get creative. I'm, I'm, I actually, <laughs> just to change the, 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 the constant cycle of how we do things as people, I want to I wanna have somebody figure this out that's smaller than the big financed $3 million to put your, your stage up in, in New York City, people. I would love for someone smaller to come up with a, a, a solution that works, that makes sense. And I don't, I don't want to follow suit. I'm, I'm tired of, I'm even tired of seeing national tours only go after they do a six-month run in New York. Right. I think good shows are good shows. They're going to find people. So I, I don't want to follow and wait for this 90-year-old guy to tell me he got his $3 million investment back so we can push on some other idea. I want some small facility, even now that Nashville would probably be a great place to figure it out, but I want them to figure this out to where we can all be creative again and the arts with the internet can get to everyone. But right. we Let me ask you this. We don't get blocked on the internet. With <laughs> do, do you guys feel like since you've had this downtime or do you know other artists that have, since they've had this downtime, you've been able to revisit your creative juices since you're not out hustling yourselves to, to produ produce someone else's work? Or are you too worried about when is our next creative gig coming that you don't really get to focus on yourself? Yeah, it's, it's a little hard. bit of everything. Because yeah. we had our current people we were working with hitting us with the two-week check-in. So we really couldn't let go of it. Yeah, we kept trying to keep that alive for right. about three months. Going, we're going to come back. We're coming back. It's fine. We're going to rehearse on Zoom. We're going to have, you know, conversations. We're going to have cocktail hours to keep everyone inspired. And then when the when so the first three months we were pretty we were pretty sad we just went home we were like we're just gonna foster dogs stay home we didn't leave the house for three months probably more than six times to get groceries <laughs> and and we went we got cabin fever and we went mentally insane and it was like it was sad it wasn't creative and but then we had a little creative outburst from that and we got a little bit out of it we wrote some holiday music and things like that and after there, that yeah yeah there are some people that I know will be able to take this you know shitstorm and make something beautiful with it. But that's, uh, it, it is hard when you don't know where your next meal sometimes may come from. And we, we're very lucky. We feel very, very lucky that we have positioned ourselves throughout our life because we have seen the, the good, the great, and the really, really awful. And um, we've been able to, you know, financially ride this out um, up to now. And, you know, even with the, with the new job, that was a, a huge plus and blessing. But there are so many people, I mean, people on Broadway that are living paycheck to paycheck yeah. because 
New York was so expensive that even people, you know, the average Broadway ensemble member makes roughly a hundred thousand dollars a year. And they, and that is hand to mouth. That, that is exactly because the cost wow. of living. And so where, right. when does the bubble burst and when does it finally change? And they only get Monday off. They're doing eight <laughs> shows a week. Jeez. You got Monday to do your laundry and go back to do the show. Back to and then you're back to the grind. <laughs> yeah. paying, paying rent that's, you know, too high in a place that you're never sleeping. And right, so, so, you know, $100,000 in Nashville, which is another reason why we moved, I was like, that can actually, you know, put something there. But obviously, Broadway is not in Nashville. But our first right. three months, we were we were depressed. We were sad. Our, all our friends were losing their, their jobs and their positions. Our, our, our other friends were going Moving, through personal things. things. And it's, you know, it was, we didn't want to force creative art on anyone at that time. I was like, this is not time to sell anything other than, hey, man, I love you. Hope you're doing okay. Well, you know, you you always hear about the like the VH1 behind the music, right? Those artists, the music artists, they're always at their low point when they write hits, right? So maybe yeah, that was kind that of was my perfect. Point. Exactly. Yeah, and that's well, what not we're not not just at your low point, but you actually have time off to stop, take a and beat, take focus. a pause, and 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 kind of look introspectively about how you feel about yourselves as artists and what exactly. you want to give and that's back what to we've been, yeah we've been kind of going back and forth and you know yeah every day is a little different especially with, when you're talking with a bunch of really super emotional people because that's what <laughs> actors are you know yeah. every day is different and how do i feel about this? i don't know <laughs> so let me ask you this let's let's assume well again if, if we step back a year right so a year ago, somebody comes to you and they go, we have, you know, Joseph and the Technicolor Dreamcoat or whatever, mm -hmm. and we want you to audition. And you're like, absolutely, I'll come in, I'll audition, and then I'll do this run. Now that COVID has occurred, are you guys a little more sensitive to, like, if things were to lift, we know it's not over, but let, let's say you go to an audition, right? And you walk in and there's 50 people there, nobody's masked up. Are you going to be like, wait a minute, I'm not putting myself at risk. Does the fact that COVID exists force you guys to be more critical about the jobs you will take now versus maybe five years ago because there is the concern that well now we're in a group of people and you know the bubble as it were doesn't necessarily exist right so are you going to be more concerned moving forward about just taking jobs or is it like look we do have to survive so sometimes we just have to do what we have to do i, I don't know how do you guys feel about it's that? It's a little of both. It's, it really is. You have to figure out how you can mitigate your safety and what safety is to you, because that's going to be different from person to person. Right. But uh, I don't have any, you know, desire to put myself in a room with 50 people anytime soon. I would love to. Just even being on a Zoom meeting with all of those creatives a month ago, working on this show, I was like, oh, I miss this so much. Oh I miss- Oh my God. I miss just room. I, I miss the live sound slapping walls. Like I just yeah. miss the, the energy of the room just reverberating. But at the same time, I'm not gonna, you know, beggars can't be and is always making yourself available 24 seven. Our biggest thing is we just hope that they have something set so that there's a cleanliness and mask idea that everybody's going to try to do even on the 10 minute breaks, going to the bathroom, all right. that stuff that happens when you're with each other for a 10 hour day or a tech day. I hope that's in, I hope that's set. But I also think similar to how the sports world has been affected is you can't track everyone. Nope. When they go home, you have to trust people that they're going to do what you ask them to do, you know, stay safe or whatever, not go around, whatever the, the protocol is. And 
you know, as we have now seen through several football teams and baseball teams, like you can't, <laughs> that doesn't always happen. It's like Russian roulette with jobs. There's one bullet in the can and you got five empty cans and you're just hoping that it doesn't hit you. One of our buddies just got, he's another entertainer. We do gigs with him all over the world yeah. and he just got COVID. So he's just figuring it out. Like this is, it's, it's weird. We have friends that left New York and they now live in, they're in Texas, Texas now yeah. and their whole family just got it. Wow. And you, cause you don't know. Like, this I, is last week. And on top of that, with especially with this virus, tends to affect your lungs. What do singers use? I'm going to go with lungs. You guys can very ill afford to get it, yeah. <laughs> and I'm trying not to be, you know, squeamish about things, but at the same time, we have a couple of friends in New York that, I mean, in, excuse me, in Nashville that got it. And they have all said that they don't feel the same. And they can't support yeah, you, your, your lung, their lungs still feel heavy and scarred, even though they have one guy had it really bad. Another couple, they kind of got a, a medium, I hate to say that, but uh, a medium-ish case of it. Uh, so That's okay. you just Some don't people know. don't even get affected, so it's totally okay to say and a medium. We lost a friend of ours, actually, the lead of The Toxic Avenger that I did that show with, um, Nick Cordero. He passed on July 5th. He was 41 years old, or 40 years old. No, excuse me, 41 completely healthy great guy i mean we had just seen him in december i was doing a show in new york just had a baby just was married like life was fine and he got sick thought he had a cold they told him not to come in he finally got really sick he went in he had like four or five covid tests that tested negative and then finally had a positive they admitted him and he never came out they put him into a coma so he could rest. And 93 sleep. days. And he was in it for 93 days. They had to lose limbs and everything. He finally yeah. came to to where he could look at his wife, blink at her, and, and let then, him go. Yes, at the end, he did not, quote, unquote, die of COVID because he was COVID had already left his body, but it ravaged him. Right. And so as from a human standpoint and from a performer standpoint, it, it, change, scary. it changes your equipment. So, yeah, you, you don't even know who you are when you come out. It's almost like you, you rip something in your knee and you're trying to get an NFL career. You know, you don't know how you're going to recover. Yeah. Right. yeah, I can't imagine, obviously, being in y'all's shoes when you are in an industry like that. You know, it, we watch the restaurant industry. The restaurant industry, right, it, they closed down. It, depending on the state you were in, but now they've kind of started to open back up. They're obviously limiting access, but people are going back out to restaurants. You guys are in a particular industry where obviously they didn't close down and then just suddenly go, okay, we're open again. Please come back to us. And like you've said, you don't know when that you're on a two week cycle. How long, how long? And, and now it's like mid 2021, maybe into 2022. But I think it's like we talked about in our, our uh, sports episode as consumers, we want to feel normal by going to a sporting event for you, like going to a Broadway show. But is it fair for me to ask the two of you to put yourself in harm's way so that I can feel normal and go see a fucking Broadway show? That's not fair. But I do realize on the other side of that equation is you wanting to work. It's mm -hmm. something you're passionate about. You love, you like being on the stage. And, and so, you know, when we did the sports one, we were doing it from the perspective of the consumer, not thinking in terms of there's athletes who really do want to go play. Yeah. I imagine yeah. on some level, you all are in the same boat. You do want to get back to acting and, and musical theater and, and feeling that normalcy of your day to day. But I feel like it's almost unfair for me to be like, well, you guys should just go do it so I can feel normal by getting to go watch it. So it's hard to entertain people when you yourself 
are, your cup is empty. If, you can't pour from an empty cup. Right. You know, over the summer, we were doing some kind of online shows just from home to try and kind of like, not only lift our own spirits, but lift our spirits of our friends and family being like, hey, who knew that a year ago this was going to be a thing? And a friend of mine who directs a lot of our shows was like, I brought up the idea. I said, hey, what do you think about doing like a Facebook live, like YouTube live show for my birthday? And he goes, you know, a year ago, I would have actually told you you were insane. But now I'm like, go girl, it's 2020. Anything is possible. <laughs> and it was, it did, it brought some joy. We ended up doing like a Christmas in July thing from our house. And that felt kind of fun and felt like for a moment we were being creative and using our powers for good to bring whatever we could to other people out in the world. But then on the other side, people are, are just, they're being so hard. I, I don't, I don't want to trash the world, but everyone is so scared that anything can be a catalyst for a nasty comment, uh, this or that. And when you're already in a sensitive place, especially as an entertainer, I'm like, dude, I, I was barely able to muster the energy to like sing you this ditty. And now you're telling me that you don't like it because I, I you know, Hey, can you do something? Like yeah. I don't really like you in yellow. I mean, people can be so silly. And sometimes, you know, when you're on stage, you can kind of avoid some of those things. <laughs> I guess. But, on the digital, yeah. And on the digital people are like, let me comment on this right now. Yeah. <laughs> You know, and, and pilot onto what Thor was saying when we were kind of talking to, we were we were debating college athletics at the time, which they are getting paid. I got it; they're on scholarship, but they they get healthcare through the university most likely. And I think you know we jumped from that to like NFL, NBA that obviously has access to the best healthcare available. They're getting paid a lot of money. I don't know where on the spectrum like performing arts is because. Healthcare is a topic we've discussed. It's broken. It's broken. Sometimes tired to, tied to employment. Other times it's not. Kind of depends. But I'm guessing if you look at the entire industry, there's probably a lot of people who are like healthcare is hard. Yes. And speaking of that, it's about to hit the mother truck and fan. Healthcare because... is healthcare is the biggest bill we have yes. every month, and it's and it's it's preventative. It's like hopefully nothing happens, but it's still a lot of money. They so particularly for the Actors Equity Union. Most people get their health care through the union, and it's great health care. It's been wonderful. If you have the hours on stage. If, if you have the weeks on stage. Interesting. So you have to, have to accrue a certain amount every year. You can miss that by one day and not get health care coverage for six months. It goes in six months, uh, three to six months since. And at the beginning of this year, of this coming year, practically every single person in the actor's equity will lose their health care coverage. Because they won't have had the the on-stage time. No hours. Right. Which is and because also, because we've had no shows for a year, producers have not been putting uh, money into the healthcare fund. So they, they're out of money. They're, they're broke. Mm -hmm. And they're, so they're now going to a different plan where they're asking like $600 a month per person or something like that. We have actually had to buy our own. Diane, uh, Diana missed it by one week. And I was over it. So I was like, not, no more. We're not, not counting weeks anymore. <laughs> Let's just buy health insurance. So we've yeah, been we've been getting our own for the past few years just because and paying a lot more, but I just didn't want to worry about the stress of not having enough because it could you can just miss it by a hair. And but there are fi over fifty thousand people just in that. Uh, those are members, not even including your family members, mm -hmm. that are going to be completely high and dry come January first. It's Which amazing. Yeah. Sorry, Haas. Go ahead. It's amazing how you don't have to worry about having health care when it's not directly tied to your employment, huh? 
Hmm, you know, yeah, but the relief that you get, because yet again, here's another situation where freaking healthcare is tied to employment, employment that you may or may not have had any fault in not having whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And, and every two weeks, they're asking us to make sure we're ready for two weeks yeah. later. And that was one of my, my wonderful things <laughs> I loved about working in Korea was that we, you know, they have social hair, socialized healthcare. And we actually had an actor there that injured his knee in a really crazy <laughs> accident and had to have surgery and he was freaking out because he is so accustomed to the american healthcare system where oh if you have surgery there's a hundred thousand dollars nice to know yes especially knee surgery and he goes in has the surgery spends the night gets like this incredible care he goes to leave they charge him a hundred dollars for his medication because he had like had to have specialized medication that was it and you know yes i got taxed out the wazoo when I was there, like they took oh to three percent of my paycheck. Um, and <laughs> before the US, before the US <laughs> and so yeah, I didn't, you know, I didn't come back as like financially amazing as I had hoped, but it was an incredible experience to live there for nine months and just see it can work. And like you said, Haas, when your job is not tied to your health care, you can just live your life. Yeah, and, and Haas has got a perspective. I don't you I don't think you've heard it yet, but he's paying taxes in austria almost 50 for healthcare, right yeah, yeah. half half of the pay goes wow. to the austrian government but it. but it doesn't cover just the health care it covers you know Mental? education and it, and it covers no no i had, uh, I had to go to bratislava <laughs> my no, that's, 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 that's a whole other story well, yeah. i paid off some uh, backroom doc to get yeah it yeah i had to meet some guy in a bathroom <laughs> Station. We had to swap known as a typical yeah. Friday night. Oh, <laughs> 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 I got some moonshine and a hammer. We can figure this out. I mean, you Here know, buddy, I mean, <laughs> high price call girl, low rent hooker. I mean, but yeah, the point is it, it covers so much, and that's what people, people don't realize. I mean, the there's no crime here other than with the terrorist attacks. Uh, but, you know, the public transportation here is amazing. The city is beautiful and clean. Um, and, the, and our experience as we're getting older is the healthcare system here. My boss was asking me when, when we plan on coming back. And I said, well, I don't know. I mean, the healthcare here is so good. <laughs> yeah. And I don't have to worry about we're paying into the system. And, and, that and comfort, unemployment that comfort. too. That and comfort as, is so good. Like having that comfort going to work, that is such a freeing feeling. Like I want everybody to feel that and be like, hey, by the way, everything's taken care of. Now go fucking kill it. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, you're right. If people didn't have to worry about this, the basics in life, because like, like the housing situation here and uh, with people not working, the government is paying people to live. Now, are they living, you know, their best lives? No, pr- probably not. But they're not worrying where their next damn meal is coming and they're not worrying where they're going to have to take shelter. That's awesome. Oh, I, I'm blown away. I don't understand how. Yeah, I know. I, I, we can go we down a little bit. But yeah, we did. But because we had spent so much time talking about the idea of you shouldn't have to worry about this. Yeah. It should be a given yeah. baseline human right. So you can focus on yeah. how do we make the industry work? Not yeah. holy shit. My healthcare is dependent on if X, you know, X, Y, and Z happens. Yeah. Oh, and now I've got to be in the right mindset to get out there and perform and give emotion. And yeah. So you're right. ask, asking already emotionally depleted, financially depleted people to hopefully go back to work. And I just, I don't, I really don't know what the industry is going to look like in a year from now. Might be a lot of shows in a park. (laughs) 
circle yeah. circle stage with six foot wide uh, walkways to six foot wide seating. <laughs> What's well, funny you mentioned that, Ace, to, to go back to something you talked about earlier, one of the things they did here, because obviously this city is very um, cultural, uh, artistically speaking. I mean, you, some of the greatest musicians classically came from here. They, they do a thing every year here by the courthouse where they put up this mega freaking screen and they hold different concerts and stuff. And because it happened in smack dab in the middle of COVID, they did exactly that. They put up these huge partitions and barriers and you would buy a family or a group would buy a box or rent a box yep. and they would, they would project everything up under the screen or they had a stage and the performers would be on the stage. So I think there are avenues where we have an answer to what we can do if we really want to. Well, oh, yeah. the hardest problem with that ringing true to the investors is the investors, they, they put in matinee shows just to sell more tickets to make more money. So My least favorite show. They're counting, they're counting every single seat in the facility for whatever they're charging, and they're expecting that money back. So they have to figure out a different layout entirely. And, and if they can accept that, we're happy to do the art. The art's the most fun and the most challenging thing in the world for us, and we love that. But I think the investors have to be kind of re rewired, and that's kind of where I'm saying somebody else has to figure this out, like in Nashville or somewhere else. So we're not following these old dead people that have money. Well, back to New and back to New York, their their financial setup has been unless a show is selling 85, 80 to 85% sold every night, they can't stay open. That's their overhead. It's two million dollars just to move a show into a theater. Before you put anything Before they on stage. Even put a screw together. That's not even building the stage because we have unions that we have to care for with with IOTSI. And so they have to be paid. What does that stand for? IOTC, oh, oh, golly. It's the, like, our cruise union. I'm going to stay hands. Okay. Sorry, I, I don't no, know exactly. Right. It's, it's the best place to be within the arts because they stay with the theater. Their union is, like, hardcore strong. They don't need to show, they don't need to, show to last. Yeah. They stay with the theater. Yeah. But this so, is the union for the crew, right? Not yeah, you crew, guys. Yes. Okay. Correct. IOTC. So these are the people, our, our riggers, our, our lighting department. They're the ones that own homes outside of New York City. Yeah. They gotcha. have an, you know, and I'm not saying <laughs> one union is better than brilliant. the other. But, Everyone um, should. Right. But, uh, you know, so people don't realize, like, just to put a Broadway show up, it's millions of dollars. So if you start to, which I love the idea of the boxes. I've, we've all been, I think actors have been screaming for that months like come on just put the partitions up and let's get back to work but they still can't get enough bodies into the theaters because new york has been so it's the rent is like astronomical then you add the two million to move in and whatever next thing you know it's just not reasonably uh, financially sound for them to even want to try so i think right. they need to change we need to figure out a new venue for, fi for financiers to understand so what happens if you have a venue, right? And let's say they're selling $100 seats for a show. Now you're putting up partitions. So you're now seating what would have been a full theater down to a quarter of, uh, of the capacity because of that is upping okay. the ticket price from $100 to $400 to offset the, the smaller crowd. Is that going to happen? It would, it would have to because right. 1,800 seats would only be 400 something people, well, 450 people. Right. But then you throw in, you throw in swag, you throw in meet and greets, you throw in like VIP type packages, something to up the ante and make it more special and intimate. Somebody and will pay you, for it. And then you have to back overpay the, the talent because we're double working now. Because now we're not only doing our days of our shows, we're doing our two hour meet and greet. The show right. is on the, the VIPs and stuff. 
Yeah, it's like our show is two hours. We do eight of them a week. Yeah, so they, now you're throwing in more, and we have to be there an hour early. So it's like if they figure out a balance, it's yeah. The economics it. still runs into a problem, and and again tying it to sport. I mean, we know with the SEC, they have a hundred thousand seat venues, and they've seated twenty ish percent is what we've seen. At least the SEC. Like if you watch the Big Ten game, unless you're Texas A&M. Yeah, unless you're Texas A&M, which definitely went over. But they live in a bubble. Uh, they, um, huh? What? Texas did something on look, their own? If you look at, like, the Big Ten, they have nobody. Just family in the stands. So in terms of what ticket sales are generating, nothing. Nothing. Nada. nothing. Um, but you have kind of that example of, like, okay, if you did this percentage of a venue, it's still not enough. Yeah. It's still not enough. Yeah. And using, um, you know, kind of the save our stages, kind of what what's really going to happen locally – I mean, just using, you know, the theater that, that Mrs. Grinch works at, they do circles outside for the outside show. And they're a single, single screen. Every time they try to negotiate to get a movie, it's still the same economic model as before. Yep. And they're like, we want you to show it seven times and be this. And, you know, and they're like, are you crazy? What is wrong with you? Like, we cannot show that movie seven times. People are not going to come to an outdoor showing going into winter yeah. you know seven times and then if you go inside they won't come because they don't because they inside. don't inside they're still not comfortable with the shit that air. long inside with shit this air. winter is going to be very hard for our industry and it it breaks my heart i know so many people are trying to figure out ways i know you know, theater groups that work with kids are doing online shows and things like that. They're trying to make it work. I mean, we're all learning so much about tech that we never thought in a million years we would ever we need, need to know. know. <laughs> you know, and Ace and, Ace and I, again, have been really lucky that living, we, we don't live in New York or LA. We've decided to make our home in Nashville and our agents thought we were insane when we did that. But I said, literally, it is cheaper for me to fly to New York for an audition and fly home than it is for me to rent an apartment in New York. Now you look like a genius. Yeah, and 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 we're. I know we're going to (laughs) talk. We're going to talk film, but I think it's the same question. One of the questions that we've been kind of mulling because we don't know is, is it possible that like, a New York and LA no longer become the center of performing arts? One hundred percent. It's it is already it's just cost of living. It's already it is, it is already shifting. So okay. in, the, in the movie and film world and TV and film, um, it's already left LA, and that's why they're freaking out. They freaked out ten years ago when, when Atlanta got their production house. Uh-huh. LA lost their minds. Canada got a production house. LA lost yeah. their minds. When Tyler Perry and Paramount started building all live shows in, in New York got cut in half because the real estate was so expensive. Um, the reason being, if if Atlanta opens a production facility and they say, we're only doing $5 million movies and TV shows. Okay, cool. Now we're going to give you a 40% cut on any money raised just to shoot it in Atlanta. We're going to give you 40% off of your $5 million movie. You only have to raise $3 million production to shoot houses will a $5 go there. million dollar movie in Atlanta. Yeah, absolutely. So people are knocking this out all the time and everything's left LA. So they're, they've already, they've already yeah. freaked LA out. Has, LA felt a really big shift several years ago. And, and I think this is going to create another giant wave of change. And, and, and it goes back to, again, with even my friends that are going opening, you know, community theaters. You know, I, I'm excited to see maybe it's the, the, the scales might balance a little bit and it might kind of be equally um, 
given to the to the rest of the people and, and i'm i i'm using that as my like little ray of hope <laughs> to yeah, get and through the problem's kind of swinging yes yeah yeah i feel like it's it's all about <clears throat> loving the art again i i i i i I can't fall into TikTok because I'm, 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 I can't, I can't learn something in 15 seconds. I'm sorry. Yeah, you have too much respect for yourself. I know you. Like, give me at least a minute. Yeah, yeah, no. Dance that we're going to do before we close. Right. Deal. <laughs> Deal. But, but this show is only audio, right? Yes. <laughs> but, Technically, but I, yes. I, I feel like we just need to, we need to be more creative in the way that we're, we're doing our art because everything from, from singing to acting to, entertainment to sports if there's a guy right now that can run a 4240 and catch a football thrown at him 60 miles an hour i want him to have a chance to have a life and a career i don't want him to just be stuck somewhere where he can't do something so i think that i think the places that we're doing these things mm -hmm. need to be looked at because they cost too much to run it's like trying to run if we if our parents lived in a castle and all of a sudden we all downsized to tiny homes but our parents are still in the castle we would literally have to just go talk to them and say, guys, you don't live in fucking castle. Time to move on. Yeah. Like, yeah. let's figure out what let's, the next thing we, is. We are a different generation. Come on, guys. Let well, it go. And, right. and, you know, the whole history of Hollywood was the number of days of sun that it had. Yeah. Because of the yeah. original cameras that, that didn't have lighting. Yep. Yep. Obviously, that shit sunny. doesn't apply anymore. No. Right. Damn near anywhere, as long as the infrastructure is there to support. And the infrastructure is starting to kind of minimize because tech is going up tech's going know. up green screen's going up yeah. Yeah. And, and i and i i guess i just i wonder where that's going i mean as we talked about I'll you know <laughs> netflix was a disruptor yeah i think netflix was the first to bring a movie straight to stream yes with uh was no it movie bright time. bright i yep. think it was with uh yeah and everybody freaked will out. smith yeah will smith oh, yeah. was in a yeah, movie because it was a big star it wasn't and just then, an indie uh, and it was kind of awful it was horrible loved it loved it we can debate that later i turned it off and went and watched i am legend i have no idea it was about as good as the boulevard but the irishman i mean because you brought the heavyweight of scorsese yeah yes and i just wonder it was oscar nominated yeah i wonder if some of those icons are going to be like, it's a shit lot of money to do this here. I could do it at a third of the cost or a quarter of the cost there. in Nashville, in Atlanta, in wherever. Yeah. Right. Because the cost of living is just so much less. Yes. And the tax you know, incentives are... The tax breaks, yeah. And yeah. back also to the digital musical, our produce, the producer of the show I just did, he was like, you know, in some ways we've, we've saved money. Because we didn't have to get a rehearsal space. I didn't have to get uh, a, a, a venue. I didn't have to get X, Y, and Z. So they were able to pivot the money from that and and distribute it into the into the live packages, cost. the costumes. And, and I don't know who all has the rights to what, but I mean, obviously Hamilton is the heavyweight of our current Hamilton, era. Yeah, right. Yeah. But I have to wonder if if I'm a person who cannot travel to New York, I just don't have the means, and I'm in Australia. I'm in Europe, I'm wherever. Do I want to see a Phantom? Do I want to see a Miss Saigon? Do I want to see, you know, uh, a Lion King? Yeah. I, I think yes. Yes, well, I, I think agree. I, I want to see it. Agreed. Now, will I pay for a subscription specifically to Do get to see, see no. I think, you know, Disney yes. will have to give some thought to it's It'll depend on the price point. point. I, I, I think they provide. Your, your Broadway show purists will absolutely pay. 
Yeah. Totally. Absolutely it, will. It's, it's, totally. I, I mean, it's, people about. love it passionately. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I mean, we, we, we had the, the great fortune of seeing Hamilton, the traveling show, which I think there were like, what, three, three, three companies. teams, companies that were traveling around. We, we were fortunate enough to get to see it in Charlotte. It was awesome. Awesome. But it wasn't the same as seeing Lynn Manuel, you know, the original company, the original company in the tiny in grimy theater. With the camera <laughs> angles that they oh, spoke dude. about, that was awesome. Right. It was awesome. Like you felt like you had a front row seat that you couldn't have afforded anyway to see a super, super fantastic. It's like you're show. eating popcorn, walking around on stage, just walking around the <laughs> right in front of hey, them, looking at them as you're going. I like your spit. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, so that brings me to a question, though, that I, I think I'd like to ask. Um, and you guys have both touched on it. Um, and it goes to the digital uh, filming of some of these plays. Now, I spent a semester, or a, you know, in, in high school in drama. So I fully understand how the no, whole process did. works. Right. Yeah, you did. right. So, <laughs> but I, I, I would think that as a, as a performer, it would certainly feel different performing that in an empty you know, theater than it would with the fans, you know, I don't want to say fans, but with, with the audience there. The spectators, right. The spectators, yeah. How would, as a performer, would you kind of be able to work around that? Or, or, or is that not even an issue? I don't know. Oh, it, it is definitely a part. The audience, I always say, is the last member of the company. Mm -hmm. it's, it's the last piece you put into the show. Because even when you're building a show, you don't know what it's going to be until you have bodies and people responding to the jokes. They declare quits. how much time you take to laugh yeah. in between songs. Like they are right. the ones that give it. And if there's nothing given, we keep going. So I'm curious right. if, you know, cause I don't think New York will be able to financially do this. I know they've done some different things, but I'm curious if there will be a moment by like next summer, because it has to happen where they will film something a la like the Hamilton or a bandstand was even one that was shot where we could have a smaller audience and still get maybe some okay. of that kinetic energy or uh, and film it. But I, I just don't know if the producers have to get on board. Now going back to the live thing we were talking about saying there's nothing better than a live show, like just feeling it. It's, it's going to be interesting because this is almost like a, almost like a, a grooming for movies and TV thing, which is, getting comfortable with what you're doing with as a character for a camera in front of a camera, which is very right. different acting than it right. is for stage. <laughs> Cause on stage, you want to feel the room. You want to say a joke and hear it hit. You want to react to it. So a lot of young kids that are, that are thriving on the reaction of a room are just going to be deers and headlights. Like or, you're going to be in a big production with 30 people. that are completely quiet camera in your face. And they're just going to go, where are we? Like, yeah. well, because acting to an audience it. versus acting to a camera, when you're acting to it's an different. audience, you have to have larger than life movements sometimes and you need yeah. to exaggerate your emotion where acting to a camera, you're much more constrained. Yeah. The camera's right in front of you. They, they see a smaller part of your body on stage. Right. They see your whole body. Your whole yeah. body's like this little GI Joe sitting in front of you. They see your whole body. Like you have to move the whole thing. If you say a joke, you're like, I got a point over here. Right. It's just what it is. But if you're on TV and you, you do that animation, they're like, this guy's on fucking cocaine. He's nice. Tweaking. I want to be on it too. So it's going to be very interesting. I feel like it'll be great for the people that are ready for it, but for those young up-and-comers that could be amazing with the live feed they're we're gonna lose a lot of but great see, people i don't know i beg to differ because 
Oh shit, there's a debate. The no, I was going to say, finally, we have a debate. We're in a debate. 18 shows in, we finally have one. And they're the married. Generation, they're already online. They know more about Zoom and TikTok and they FaceTiming know, and WhatsApp. They do know their angles. They know their angles. Like, so you're dinosaurs. That's what I'm hearing. Well, Actually, hey, don't insult the guests. Come on now. Uh, you're getting fingers <laughs> pointed at you. You better watch out, homie. I was around before computers were in house mode. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but, but I think, you know, Thor, to your, to your point, I think, you know, I don't know how to characterize this in months or years, but I think that would be the evolution, right? Which is just like with sport, it's fun to watch it on TV. And right now I'm getting by with it. But at the end of the day, I want to be in that state. Yes. And so what I would imagine is we would see that let's keep, you know, feeding the beast, if you will, because the the appetite's there. I think the appetite's there. Oh, for sure. We give it a means for it to be accessed, accessed, accessed. Keep drinking. You're good. Yeah. (laughs) Accessed. And then what we, what you'd expect to follow with a, a vaccine, whatever, a return to quote unquote normalcy is people are going to go, but you know what? I really love seeing it live. Well, and, and, and then you see the like when concerts. Yeah. And, and I think I, I can't wait for concerts to come back. I'm, right, I'm dying right. to go to a live show. I mean, I mean, I think so the, two the, live shows right before the pandemic yeah, hit, like, two bands I've always wanted to see. And I'm, I'm Jones and I need more. Give me yeah, my life. So, right. So I'm, I'm hitting that crack which is going to be whatever comes up online, you know, and we talked about seeing 311, you know, next week in their live stream. We all love 311. We know in our hearts, it won't be the same. No, it won't be the same. Not at all. It'll, it'll give us a little bit of a fix to get us through. But at the end of the day, we want to be in that venue singing like idiots. (laughs) (laughs) Dancing like idiots. Humans want to be around other humans. We we are a communal species. We We are meant to gather. We We vibrate. We vibrate with each other. And you can't do that. And the other hard part, which from a technological side, is especially for singing, for music. So it doesn't go through the internet the same way. And even when we were trying... My, my small little company and I last month were trying to have music rehearsal via Zoom. Oof. Oh my gosh, y'all, I, it was so frustrating. The struggle was real. Struggle was so real. <laughs> if we were all together, it would have been like a it was, 15 it was minute. several small buses all driving in random directions. Oh my gosh. And then it, you have like people's internet. This is where I get into net neutrality. And everyone's speed of internet is at a different speed. So we had some people talking like uh, it, it, it's trying to compute and then you have some Hustle people. I can relate because when we yes. die by lag in video games, we lose our shit. I'm on my third that's right, that's right. You're not better than me. <laughs> Fucking lag. <laughs> this was real life, motherfucker. I've never lost anybody better. It's all lag. I love when you guys are that competitive though. At the same time, you know, we're tr- we would have to log off of Zoom to upload these 4k videos that we're shooting on our phone and it became this whole thing and fun, funny enough through the middle of this we just happened to get an upgrade of our internet by sheer happenstance so two weeks in she has a four-week run with the show two weeks in we get 
fiber is running near our house. So they say, do you want fiber at your house? We go, well, what does it cost? Less than what you're paying. Then we want yes, fucking please. fiber. Yes, <laughs> bring it in. This guy literally goes, he says, it'll be 20 times faster. You know, it's a sales pitch. We go, aha, uh-huh, okay. We're like, yeah, yeah, whatever. Get out. Bye, thanks. And the she, next she's day. used to downloading stuff, and it takes 40 minutes. To 40 download. minutes to an hour to, to upload a six-minute 4K video to Dropbox. And, and also, I can't, it's on my phone, so I have to keep the little Safari app open, otherwise it will stop the download. And I'm like, please, little cell phone, you're only a, an, a, you know, an iPhone 7, and I can't afford your 42 yet, and I just need you to upload this video. And, you know, you're praying to the tech, tech gods that it works. So day one of Fiverr? One minute. Ta-da! It was more than 20 <laughs> times faster. Wow. So much so that her production team that had been getting stuff from her goes, we got yours, but let us just check it to make sure it's really. Make sure it's right. They, they kept calling it magic internet. They were like, you have the magic internet. And that's the, uh, the flip side of all of what's happening. That neutrality is a really big deal that Huge. people have not been thinking about. I mean, I know there's a lot on the 2020 plate. It is overwhelming, but it's becoming a real deal. And if we get down the line and especially for our industry where the internet is key to that's our survival the, right that's now. That's the platform everybody has to have. But from equal. an education standpoint. So you bring up a good point there. We should, we should add that in the rotation. We should discuss net neutrality. I was about to say, I love the fact that we have two uh, live performing artists and we're talking about net neutrality. What the fuck is going on? Real life. Welcome to 2020. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> A year ago, I would have been like, what? I mean, yeah. it's, being in California, I got involved with certain things like that. And I, you know, got on some lists or whatnot. And I get a bunch of calls about help save the net neutrality. California has been fighting it a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, because I don't live there anymore, I can't, you know, voice my opinion as much as I would have. But it, it's going. You're like, Your taxes suck. Screw you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, now, and now that you've got fiber, you could care less. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's now that I got not my, that's not my problem. Really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now that we got that, we're like, fuck you guys. That's <laughs> it. Stop calling me. When, when we were in South Korea, when I was visiting her in, in Korea, I realized what they were doing to their internet. Because Which is phenomenal. I, oh, it's, and it's everywhere. And I, it's free. I couldn't get on Home Depot's website, but I could search anything at a very fast rate. Home so, Depot, Southwest, those were all blocked. Yeah, but, but it was it was interesting. Like they they legit just give everything, whereas North Korea doesn't even know what a computer is. Uh, well, we don't. Know. Yeah. We don't know. <laughs> it's insane. Yeah, yeah, we don't. Know. We we've not been. They don't know what electricity. <laughs> that might be a bit of an <laughs> embellishment, but probably I'll totally not. edit I think that we've out. All don't seen, you worry. We've, we've all seen the movie The Interview. We know what it's about. <laughs> all I know is when they did a parade, he just started driving. <laughs> okay, so I do, ha- I do have a question. Uh, since we have two Broadway uh, actors, have either of you seen the film production of Cats? <laughs> Absolutely not. I would never <laughs> put myself through such a horrible experience. Okay, just checking. <laughs> Hold on. You're, you're like talking Ace, about the one with James Ace Gordon, just right? stares at the camera like this. Motherfucker I thought it was that. great. The trailer and I went, oh, hell no. <laughs> it's it, it's funny. Even even though we we would we would have even taken a job in the show if they offered it, but it's not it's not about <laughs> that. It's an investor's movie. There there are movies that are it's, that are. It's not meant for the story. Movies, That's it. Investors don't care. They don't care about about anything other than the return. And they literally look at the numbers of how much it's going to cost and where they're going to get the return if they're going to get a million dollars from Netflix and then get and $10 see dollars from DVD sales in China. They don't care. 
But, and Ace, you bring up a great point there. And that, that brings me back to the whole digital thing. That, that seems like just a whole nother revenue stream that they would want to be pushing. I mean, that seems like a no brainer. Right? If you yeah. think I, I can get all the people in the theater in New York yeah. and then I can, you know, get the people in, you know, Saskatoon to pay 20 bucks to go watch it too. How am I missing this? I, I don't get it. I think that's the thing that you just hit right on the head is that people like a Will Smith or, or if you have an idea for something, you can go direct to a Netflix. You can go direct. You don't need to go through your manager. You don't need to go through anybody. Just hit them and be like, hey, I'm doing this movie. It's going to cost me this much. You what, can you, what can you give right. me for distribution? Yeah. They're going to go, you're Will Smith. Okay. Yeah. 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 Well, and, and Haas, I, I, you made me think of this. Um, you know, the thing about uh, like video games, like Warzone. Warzone's a game Haas and I play. It it's free, but they have microtransactions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Warzone made one point six billion no. in the third quarter. Damn, one point six it's, billion. It's the drug dealer mentality. Right. The first oh, one's free, you get your and then I'm charging you everything else, right? I, mean, I don't know what the equivalent is. I'll buy you socks. Keep working. I don't know what the equivalent <laughs> yeah. is in the entertainment industry, but the whole video game industry is based on I'm going to invest millions in the platform, get you into it, and then you're just going to start buying little shit here and there. You know, Grinch, that's that's an amazing point you bring up. Brilliant. Like, if, if if they could figure out a microtransactions type transcendence over into their industry, wow! Is I it mean, bad that the first thing that came to mind for me was you get the first act for free if you want to find out the ending? <laughs> you gotta pay for it. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, it would probably <laughs> work. We're done for our drink out. That's right. <laughs> it, it could even become like a choose your own adventure. Like that's also the beauty Ooh. of the digital age mm-hmm. is that you can wow. make a musical. If we don't go, have to do eight shows a week, we can change the show. Yeah, you. you yeah, right, no you shit. Film, yeah, that, like six that'd or be seven amazing. Endings. And you go, hey, do you want to follow this character, or do you want to follow this character, or do you want to follow this character? And you could watch it multiple times. I'm, yeah, I'm you can see like you, you can do one version for yourself, and then a version with your kids. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they figure it out yeah. once you're in the door. You're like, oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Like, I want this phone background. I yeah. want this. I want that. And and like I said, one point six billion. They're winning. Well, just no spy random shit in the game. They're winning. <clears throat> I, I think it's time, truthfully, for, for even us to just reach directly. I think we, if we have an idea big enough, we just need to think of it as a platform. Make sure the cost isn't too, too high. Because Hamilton already put in their millions to build the stage. They just had to put a camera on it and right. put the actors Yeah, they, they were in a lucky in a position. It was already captured. But the overhead to do that if you didn't have the stage built and you didn't have the actors ready would be a lot of money. There, there is definitely going to be a shift where the entertainment industry is going to become mainstream and more middle America because it's going, it's going to fall apart and, and shrivel up and die otherwise. It's because they, they have become so um, self-centered upon yeah. where they are they have they don't they don't see anything else around them anymore and yeah, maybe this yeah the grinch you said it a million times it's not going to change until the paint threshold and hopefully that's what we're seeing because it needs to be more accessible to everybody yes. agreed and, it, yes. and, and 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 the financiers are the ones that are going to have to adjust their ideologies and philosophies for that to happen. but i also so, but, but i think we can hopefully that paint threshold hits yeah matt go ahead no i was gonna say i think if history has taught us anything i mean we you, you go back and you look at the music industry 
right? I mean, with, with Napster and, you know, what was it, Lars, Lars Ulrich, who fought and yeah. fought and fought. And then I think, like, their last album came out as a streaming album only. Um, you know, the same thing with, with movies and, and yeah, the invent of Netflix and Hulu. So you have to hope that the, the performing arts are going to see the, the writing on the wall and be able to pivot and, and make that change. Right. It's but just a question of how painful is it going to be to do it? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. They have to evolve. I, I, and I, and I think, you know, kind of back to healthcare in terms of what would it take for change? Like, well, I can tell you it's happening this week in case you're not paying attention. Well, the, oh. no, I was, just thinking, <laughs> I, I was just thinking about, you know, let's just say right now the problem, a lot of the, the, the problem with driving change from the performer perspective is they're replaceable. Now, a mm-hmm. Lin-Manuel Miranda is not. Because he created the show. He yes. created the show. Yeah. But for a lot of these shows, they Any can probably... Art? Anyone can I, I, they, yeah. They so, all have an understanding. Right. So <laughs> I think leaders to say we're gonna help drive some change well, because we're that valuable yeah. to the industry and without us, you can't be what you are. Yeah. And I mean, I mean it's gotta it's be the consumer, audience. right? Yeah, and I think yeah. the audience has a role in that of like Agreed. no, that's not who I wanna see. You know, I wanna see that person because they matter to me that they're tied to that show. Like I when I think of that show, I think of them. You know what? I, I've seen more comedy stand-up specials since February than I've oh, ever yeah. seen in my whole life. And I think that's brilliant because if someone like a Lin-Manuel put a million dollars in and said to a Paramount, wherever the local theater is, that they can fill it up. doesn't matter about ticket sales. You're going to get a distribution. That's your income. So you fill it with people. You just put people in there. You put them six feet apart, whatever you have to do. It would be a way to actually show these things in a better production light than just saying, all right, dude, you got your guitar, go sing your song on a blank stage with no lights or background. Right. I mean, if they did that, you could have branded people come out with their own specials of their music, could be artists doing a performance instead of a stand-up comedian doing an hour of stand-up. Yeah, and you, you, you could potentially give other artists a larger brand, a larger huge life. platform, yeah. 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 The and, comedy and, platform's huge. It's, yeah. it's some really the, good. Some of the icons have to, I think, help. Oh, yeah, totally. absolutely. They, they have, have to create the, the house. And the, really, the comedy world is a good example, but it, it's kind of a tight community in a way because mm-hmm. a lot of comedians trace their DNA through who their mentors were. Yep. I mean, even Amy Schumer, yep. you know, is a great example. Like she, under, you know, with David Tell and some other icons of the comedic industry. And I just wonder within, you know, that Where, Who's going to be the, the, the person that's going to finally stand up and say, yeah. we're if kind I, of, and we're kind of, well, we, I consider ourselves blue collar actors. We, you know, we're not on contract on all the time, but we sometimes are. We pay our own healthcare. We're doing like our own thing. We're kind of going from job to job. We're consistently working, thank goodness, but it's not, we're not like on, you know, the scale of like say a Kristen Chenoweth or a Lin-Manuel Miranda or, you know, Norm Lewis, uh, mm-hmm. whatever. Yeah, what's your name from fro- the other frozen? Adina Menzel. Yeah, Adina Menzel. Yeah, you know, there are certain people, but yes, they are going to have to set the precedent for folks. Um, even our agents were telling us that, you know, for us and as we move forward, we're lucky because we, we, we know everyone enough that they can call us and we will execute the job. What, what breaks my heart are for the people slightly maybe on a, on a different side than us, like our ensemble members, Maybe our new equity members, our up and coming kids. The people that are worthy of the job wanting to get. But seen. haven't had. You don't have that experience yet. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They may not get the chance. And that, 
that really breaks my heart. So I'm hoping there will be some equanimity maybe across middle America where, you know, we'll start to see communities of theater pop up in Kansas City, Dallas. Mm, more grassroots type Colorado. stuff. Colorado. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then we'll great. see these new hubs. Oh my God. It'll be amazing. How cool would it be if, if, if we had like Adina's house? That's the TV show, right? <laughs> and she just lets everybody come through. The stage back wall is just a big, big LCD screen. Come create whatever graphic you want. Do your show. We're going to do an hour with all my friends doing their hour shows, and we're going to show it for the entire month. Like if one person created a place, a facility where artists could come in and create like an artist retreat. Yeah. It'd be huge. Whether you're a musician, yeah. singer, or an actor, you could do your whole thing right there. Can you tell where the viewers of the family? Yeah. Yeah. So, Ooh, can you see a better life? Tell it's possible. <laughs> <laughs> So what I'm hearing is Ace has no desire to do a construction job and you're not going to be waiting tables. I well, built I, my houses. I am done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to work on your toilet. Yeah, I, I'm proud to say that I have been in this industry for 25 years and I've never had another job other than performing. And I, it's not that I have not been open to it. It's just kind of happened that way. The you haven't needed I, it. I, I joke because every time I'm always like, all right, well, you know, maybe I should call so-and-so or apply here, something would happen. And that's just been my, my trajectory, I guess, over life. And, and now, you know, going into this winter, the industry as a whole, which is the first time any of us have been a part of this, we just don't know where we're going. Mm. And even with the Zoom thing I did, the hardest part at the very beginning of it was we were creating a new contract for Actors' Equity. And our stage manager, who, again, is also, stage managers are under the Actors' Equity, not directors or any of the other creative team, but she was so on us at first because we were just all so excited to have a gig. We were like, yay, we're, oh my God, we're together again, this is amazing, you know, typical creative types. And she kept saying, "We guys, we need to set the precedence now because we are going to affect our industry for the near future, for, for the rest, possibly for the rest of our lives. Next but, year, get it. But for at least the next year, as because as, the, the announcement about the June 21 conversation came like a week in, and she was like, we have to, you know, we can't overextend ourselves, and because we're recording and all these different new facets that we've never had to worry about as variables are now thrown into the equation. And I, I'm... I just don't know where we're going to be. Well, it's, it's, like, it's like we're all on a cruise ship and we don't know who's driving. But at the same point, we're still running the ship. We're doing the shows. Uh, you're running the food. You got the buffet going. Well, then who's driving the fucking thing? You bring up the cruise ship industry. We have friends in the cruise ship industry. And because they file under maritime law, they are trying to put shows back up internationally ASAP. Mm -hmm. So we have friends that work for a very large cruise ship. One is behind the scenes. One is on stage. And uh, they're married. And one was the one behind the scenes was furloughed at the beginning of the year, obviously at the same time as the performer was. And they just kind of sat around all summer going, okay. At the same time, the cruise ship company kept saying, we're coming back. We're going to be the first ones. We're going to be the first ones. We're going to be the first ones. And they're holding auditions this week. So they're hoping to go and in-person auditions uh, uh, if you are available in Florida, because that's where they hub out of. But in a couple weeks, we could have people back on stage performing on cruise ships. But they said if one case pops up, 
it will ruin it for everyone. Well, cruise ships took a beating when COVID broke out, right? Because right. you'd hear about a cruise ship. It would break out on a cruise ship. They wouldn't let them back into port. They're stuck at it. Yeah. And it's like, do people even trust that? We don't want the numbers showing up. Three weeks. We, have, <laughs> we have friends that were forced quarantined on the cruise ship for three weeks before they wow. came home. And the, the bonus was they're paid. So that was great. The other bonus was no one was on the ship. So they ate all the lobster and the, the steaks and yeah, all the food. The, spawn, yeah. the food was already on the ship. That's <laughs> great. Go to waste. That's all. It was amazing. He said the week after was pretty crappy, but yeah. that, those three weeks were great. What I love about what Diana did with, uh, with her last show is that the union's really worried about new things, which is great, but it slows down the production process. It slows everything down. The one thing I really enjoyed about it was they made sure that all the, the actors were singing their songs and recording their songs while they were in their work hours. Because a lot of times when you get into the music world, like for me as a producer, I go to the studio, I could be there for 14 hours. I could 14 days. I could be there for 14 <laughs> days. Diana, Diana will literally come down to the studio and just hand me a sandwich and go, like, it's been eight hours. And it's 6 a.m. You've been here all night. <laughs> because you have no sense of time when you're in that creation. You're a kid in a, sand, a sandbox. You're having fun. You're creating. You're not going to stop until you're done. So I really appreciated that the union made sure that all the singing was actually done during the work hours because that could be a huge hinder in future productions if everybody was like, okay, you're the lead. Yeah, 13 songs in this thing, and we need them by tomorrow. Ooh. Yeah. Like that's Once you set that precedent, yeah, yeah. it's downhill from there. I think that's great. There, there are lots of hurdles that we will all be jumping over for the next few months. And I think as long as everyone remains positive and uh, not too giving, because it's easy, again, back to, hey, we want a job too. Yay, hire me. You know, it's easy to give more than you actually need to. If we keep our heads on and just keep, the world only spins one way, as that's what I always say. So we have to keep moving forward. And I'm hoping that a lot of really creative, beautiful things come from this. There will be people like ourselves that have had time to be at home, to be with our thoughts, to be with ourselves. Like last year for 2019, we were home a total of 24 days for the entire year. Um, this year we have been home more than we have been in, I think, my career. <laughs> and so, you know, you have to find the positives in the, in the crap. Otherwise, you're just going to sink. And I, I'm excited. As much as it sucks, I, I am excited in some ways and also slightly terrified. Diana's been in, well, in entertainment her whole life. I, I haven't. I, I came in, entertainment started in my life in 2000. So I started really making money there. Before that, I was building homes. I was doing every job that paid me. And I was driving a big scraper around for construction sites. I did everything that I, I had to do to pay bills. I don't want to go back, truthfully. I love entertainment. Yeah. I'm creating so much that I don't want to do a 12-hour day driving a scraper, getting a land development ready for 16 houses in a cul-de-sac. I'm not I, saying that we won't, but, but we're I, trying No, no, but yeah, if you... Understandable. I, mean, I think you're you're gifted enough that you shouldn't have to. Yeah, we don't want you to have to do that either. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but that's been the hardest part is, I think, kind of bringing us back. I also want started. you to get dental with your insurance if you're paying half your money. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> not in a trained bathroom. You, yeah. you know, but, socialistic health care is not perfect, yeah. but it's not bad. But as, as we kind of come back to where we started. Um, that good, huh? Well, you know, you were heading somewhere I wanted to ask you guys about, which is kind of as we're starting to kind of wind things down. What lessons do you think we will have learned once this pandemic is over? 
and feel free to frame it from the perspective, obviously, yes. of, of what yes. where you're coming at. Right, from what we've kind of been talking about right. here amongst, you know, the arts. Yeah. Okay, no lessons learned. All right. Uh, no, there, there's so many. I, I think... My, my root one is that everyone matters. That's my root. That's like the heart of everything. And I'm the fifth kid, so I didn't matter. I mean, I, they, my parents kept me alive. And they're like, is he breathing? All right, we're good. Like, <laughs> it, it, everyone matters. So any concern anyone feels anywhere in the country, it needs to be answered. Hey, will you do me a favor, Ace? There are 69 million people that voted. Can you tell them that? Because I'm not sure. <laughs> Actually, I, I was because we never just thinking he's getting a 2024 ride in. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Diana, what about you? Lessons learned? Oh, um, I think my lessons that I have learned are it's that uh, it does it does tie into a little bit of that we all matter and that checking in with everyone is is important and being appreciative of what you have, the conveniences you have in your life, don't take those conveniences for granted because they're not always going to be there. You know, especially in America, we, we take going to the grocery store, we take going to get gas, we take going to see entertainment, we take these, these, these conveniences. They are not necessary, necessarily things that are just given to us. Um, we take them for granted. And I, I hope that people will appreciate and respect all of the cogs that make America work, that make a world work, that, that again, every one of us matters in order to keep functioning day to day, the arts included. You know, we have to give a cultural re, um, review to the world to let our, it, that's how we kind of can reflect as people. It's how we can get a point of view, a mirror of sorts on who we are, what we're doing, like Hamilton, you know, or if the Lion King or, or Frozen, like it, it gives you a chance to sit back and reflect. And if we don't get that, we start to become the America that was 2019 uh, prior to all of this. <laughs> so I, I'm hoping that maybe people will step away from all of this, uh, being appreciative of what they have. Guys, and, the whole world stopped. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Our world stopped. We're gonna have forever for our rest of our lives. You could be in any country, house. You could be in any country you want, and you're gonna literally be able to sit down with anyone in the world and say. Where were you for the quarantine? 2020, right? And you have a conversation. Yeah, where were you yeah. in 2020? And and it's going, some people have, you know, have been able to flourish. Some people have, have really had a hard time. And I think understanding the, the human condition from every point of view is important to unify people. And remember that we are all human at the end of the day, just trying to survive, trying to pay the healthcare bill, healthy, trying to- I, I just gotta say health insurance, <laughs> dental, Car, house should power. not power should not be shouldn't be hard things to have. Right. Like if you have a job and they're going to use your body, your instrument, your instrument should be taken care of, right? Yep. So it's like I'm not going to get any arguments here. That's the world where I want to live. I feel like we need to just go there and try it yeah. and see what happens. If we want to keep building these larger economies, these larger powerhouse, you know, countries that we are. If we don't take care of our people, what's the point? Well, it's proven that they're not really those strong economies anyway. They're a house of cards is what they are. Yeah. And most, and we'll it's, a, it's an illusion at best. Exactly. And we'll still let religion get their cut. They already get their tax right off. Yeah. I, I hate to not explore that, but I know, Thor, we need to watch time. Yeah, we do. We uh, a lot of editing to do. I was just going to say, you know, thank you to both of you for tolerating us for the last hour and a half. Truly appreciate it. Love to yeah, both of you. One thing so, I yes. would ask. I'm picking y'all's brains. Yes. One thing I would ask. 
and, and Haas mentioned this when we discussed having you on, is there a charity or anything like that that you would like to pitch that we can then put out and say, Hey, if you know, and I know Grinch had said there was possibly one with, with the dachshunds and stuff like that. But and yeah. even if it's in terms of your industry, doesn't matter. I don't know, but if there oh, was something you'd like so to pitch. Many. Uh, there, I'll just throw out a few. Yeah, the, the Dachshund, Tennessee Dachshund Rescue is who we've been fostering puppies through uh, over the summer, which has been how we've been coping with quarantine. It's actually, <laughs> been, it's actually been our television. We've been watching dogs yeah. run around all day. There's, so, nothing yeah. there's, there's worse plights in the world. Yes. Right? It's been awesome. The Tennessee Dachshund Rescue is one. Um, the Actors Fund is another. Um, they are literally helping people survive. Music Cares, if you care about your fellow musicians of the world, Every, you know, every, no one's playing right now. No one's getting paid. So if, if you want to donate there, that's another great one. And um, yeah, I think that kind of covers. Other than that, pay your bills. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. And live in a better world. Yeah. Um, thank you both for being here. I would love the opportunity to have you guys on down the road. Hopefully after this lifts, have you guys come back and let's see where we are then versus where we are now, just to see how the trajectory has changed. We'll talk about the internet speeds then. Yeah. Absolutely. New, net neutrality. Yeah. Thank uh, you for having us and my, and my lovely chipmunk voice yes. on, on your beautiful <laughs> podcast of Manly Men. That's it. Uh, thank <laughs> you to both of you. People. We really do appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yeah. Yes. Super, super cool. Please be on the lookout next week. Our new episode coming out, we are going to be interviewing Paul Collins from A Goat Whiskey. It's a small distillery in North Carolina. You know, absolutely, if you are into bourbon and you want to hear about this, please join us. We're going to have him on, be asking him a lot of questions about the history, what his products are, and the future of his, his distillery. And so we are definitely looking forward to having him on. So definitely be on the lookout for that. As we wrap things up here, we invite all of our listeners to join in the debate by hitting up our website at aspirateddebate.com. For all the latest news, drink recipes, and more, feel free to follow us on Instagram at a spirited debate or on Twitter at spirited debates. As always, please feel free to drop us a line at spirideddebates at gmail.com. You can send in topics you'd like us to debate, drink recipes you'd like us to try, or just give us some general feedback to help us make the show better. And please, please do not forget to smash that follow button, download our new debates each and every week. Until next time, yeah. from all of us here at a spirited debate, We'd like to say, Prost, Empire. Salute to Kawhi. Thank you, gentlemen. Thank you. <laughs>